talking today about social media with John Gataski on Fox Rothschild Podcast. John is a partner and litigator with Fox Rothschild in Pittsburgh. He represents franchisers and other businesses in diverse legal matters, including not only social media counseling, but also complex commercial litigation, creditors' rights, and franchising issues. John, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Thank you. John, is social media really an appropriate tool for franchisers to use in promoting their businesses and reaching out to customers and other influential leaders of public opinion? Absolutely. Social media is a great tool for recruiting franchises, branding a franchise, and reaching a broad audience of consumers. In fact, franchises are beginning to use social media to interactively share information with customers regarding specials and price promotions inform them about product offerings, and distribute updates on industry trends. For franchisors who have not yet stepped into the brave new world of social media, they need to educate themselves about the various types of social media and get in front of new developments. More and more, franchisors will discover that if they have not yet become involved in social media, their franchisees will. John, can you provide some examples of how social media benefits franchisors? Sure. Franchisors, and for that matter franchisees, are using social media to build and reinforce their customers' strong bond with the brand. Tasty Delight uses a treat cards rewards plan where customers accumulate points with every purchase toward free products. The treat cards are now linked to its social media sites, such as those at Foursquare and Twitter. Customers can earn extra bonus points if they enable the program to automatically update their Twitter and or Foursquare accounts with every purchase. Even more impressive is how Tasty Delight will send discount offers, coupons really, to customers checked in to Tasty Delight via Foursquare when they're within walking distance of an outlet. Dunkin' Donuts, for another example, has a dedicated group that actively monitors and responds to posts made by its one million Facebook fans and 56,000 Twitter page followers about their experiences with the franchise. And Hampton Hotels uses Twitter to inform its followers about special rates, promotions, and new locations. The franchise promotes posts by offering followers the opportunity to win a free stay if they offer feedback. John, this all sounds wonderful. What are the risks? Well, Mark, for every story about how social media has enhanced a brand, there's often another compelling story about how social media was misused by a franchisee or franchisee employee wrecking havoc on the brand's image. While many franchise companies are and should be jumping on the social media bandwagon, they often lack a basic understanding of what social media is, what rules apply to the use of social media, and issues they should be aware of in protecting their brand. John, are there laws or rules governing how social media may or may not be used? Sure. Social media has changed the way advertising companies advertise their brand. What used to be a one-way communication in which franchisors created a message and conveyed it to consumers has now become a two-way dialogue between the company and its customers. While this new form of interactive marketing has a huge benefit in terms of expanded exposure, and customer bonding with the brand, there is also a risk in the form of loss of control over what is being said about the brand. Nowadays, consumers can post comments on their Facebook pages, tweet about a product, 
either promoting or bashing a brand at whim. In navigating this new world, franchise companies must be mindful of the Federal Trade Commission's rules on deceptive and unfair advertising. John, can, be, can you be more specific about the FTC? Yes. The, the FTC prohibits unfair or deceptive advertising in any medium. The FTC has indicated that it will continue enforcing its consumer protection laws online to ensure that products and services are described truthfully in online ads and that customers get what they pay for. Just because advertising has moved online and into the realm of social media, it does not mean that the rules have changed. The same rules that apply to other forms of advertising also apply to advertising on the internet or through social media. For example, an advertisement is considered unfair or deceptive if it misleads consumers and affects their behavior or decisions about the product or service. An advertising claim is considered misleading if relevant information is left out or if the claim implies something that is not true. Advertising claims must be substantiated, especially when they concern health, safety, or performance. John, what about endorsements or testimonials? Well, Mark, this is a, a growing area that businesses and franchisors need to be extremely careful about. Recently, in 2009, the FTC revised its guidelines on endorsements and testimonials in advertising. Franchise companies now may be found liable for false or unsubstantiated statements made through endorsements or for failing to disclose what the FTC calls material connections between themselves and their endorsers. As an example, take a skincare products advertiser that might request a blogger try a new body lotion and write a review about the product on her blog. Although the company does not make any specific claims about the lotion's ability to cure skin conditions, and the blogger does not ask the advertiser where there is substantiation for the claim, in her review, the blogger goes ahead and writes that the lotion cures eczema. According to the FTC, the company would be subject to liability for misleading or unsubstantiated representations made through the blogger's endorsement, and the blogger could also be subject to liability for both the misleading claim and for failing to disclose that she was being paid for her services. And Mark, this is true even if the blogger has no connection to the company. Mm. John, what about the issue of employee conduct online? Well, Mark, let's be honest. Employees aren't always happy, and they don't always act in the best interest of their employers either, despite the best efforts of employers. They have, probably since time immemorial, vented about a variety of workplace issues, such as their fellow employees, their boss, customers, and sometimes the company itself. What is different today is that social media offers an entirely new outlet for such discussions. And when complaints are made on a social media platform, they can go to a much wider audience and have greater impact. Franchisors are not immune to this phenomenon. For example, there's a website called unhappyfranchise.com, which is a convenient web platform where franchisees may vent, usually to the detriment of their brand. John, do employers have legal liability for their employees' online activity? Well, while every case is different, uh, yes, there can be liability for employers for their employees' online conduct. 
I'll highlight a couple of examples. In one case, Blakely versus Continental Airlines, a female airline pilot filed hostile work environment and defamation claims against Continental Airlines based on derogatory comments posted about her on another pilot's electronic bulletin board. In denying the airline's motion to dismiss the hostile work environment claim, the District Court of New Jersey held that the airline had a duty to take effective measures to stop co-employee harassment when it knew, or had reason to know, hmm. that such harassment was occurring in a workplace-related setting. Two cases against Cisco Systems also illustrate the risk of defamation liability that can result from online employee conduct. The cases involved anonymous blog comments posted by Cisco's in-house counsel on his patent troll tracker blog. Quite a name. Uh. Aside from his immediate supervisor, no one at Cisco knew the employee was the author of the blog. After selling defamation cases brought against it for comments posted on the blog, Cisco revised its blogging policy, mandating that if an employee comments on any aspect of the company's business or any policy issue the company is involved in where you have a responsibility for Cisco's engagement, you must clearly identify yourself as a Cisco employee in your postings or blog sites and include a disclaimer that the views are your own and not those of Cisco. Hmm. John, this is also very complex and so very potentially confusing. How can franchisers learn more? Well, Mark, listeners may be interested in a white paper I've co-authored regarding franchising and social media. It covers social media platforms, the laws governing the use of social media and advertising and privacy concerns. It also highlights best practices in dealing with brand crises, legal limitations on controlling these crises, recruitment of franchisees via social media, and development of a comprehensive social media policy. Mm. Well, thank you, John. Uh, to receive a copy of the white paper or to discuss any aspect of social media administration in your company, please contact John at 412-394-5528 or at jgotaski, that's J-G-O-T-A-S-K-I-E, at foxrothschild.com. Fox Rothschild LLP is a full-service law firm built to serve business leaders. Over the past 100 years, we have grown to more than 500 lawyers and more than 15 offices coast to coast. Our clients come to us because we understand their issues, their priorities, and the way they think. We help clients manage risk and to make better decisions by offering practical advice. Visit us on the web at www.foxrothschild.com.